0: The God will give you the option of what to remember and what to forget. Right? Now, The difference between a successful person, and I'm sure all of us want to be successful, and, with, and one who never reaches his or her potential is they have to have selective memory. Hmm? See, I will forget the past. I will remember what God promised me. I will take hold of what God promised me. Because oftentimes, when you choose not to forget the past, it is the past that disrupts and ruins your future. It's, I remind you of the whole story about these two sailors who had, were adrift in the ocean they were floating around on a raft. They'd about given up, they figured they were going to die, no rescue. One began to pray. Oh, Lord, I've led a worthless life. I've been unkind to my wife and I've neglected my children. But if you save me, I promise. And the other shouted, hold it, hold it, hold it. I think I see land. And I say that because oftentimes it's like we come into a point or it seems like we want to allow ourselves to come to a point Well, we think we're going to die before we say, God, oh God, oh God. And then, just like the the world, right when God is going to get a hold of you, he wants you to commit to something, somebody shows you land and you go, well, maybe I don't don't, know how to go all the way out for God, after all. See, the enemy is in a battle for your soul. And he understands this, that for many people... The mistakes of our past haunt us so much, it clouds our vision towards our future. Forgetting our failures and moving forward is a very, very, very unique and special attribute. Because nobody likes to fail. Anybody here likes to fail? Of course not. Failure embarrasses, right? Your failure, I know a couple of football teams that went to the Super Bowl and failed. The Buffalo Bills, they went four times, right, in a row. Boom. Never won. And they're always considered a failure. No one cares, it took a lot of work and all kinds of effort just to get there, but they lost. Right? Doesn't matter. Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl, lost, and where's he at now? Unemployed. Nobody cares about what he did in the past. It's right now. Hello, somebody. So because people have pride, They don't want to be embarrassed. They develop a fear of maybe stepping out and putting themselves on a limb that may cause them or give them a chance to fail. Fear of failure. Fear of failure can paralyze you, right? Fear of failure will stun your growth as you walk with God fear of failure If you're not careful will lead you to mediocrity because you'll settle for the easiest here instead of stretching high Fear of failure will cause you to miss your call with God. I'm afraid why well I've heard people say this. I don't know if I, I don't want to come to the Lord and get saved. What if I backslide? What, what kind of that's a, a heavy-duty fear? They don't say, I'm going to try, and if I bump my head, I'm going to get up and do it again. Because that's what you're going to have to do. huh? Yeah. Yeah. A righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up. Yeah. 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 You can't be afraid of failure. That's right. No. See, fear is the opposite of faith. Right. I've, I've said many times, the opposite of faith is not doubt. In fact, doubt must be present for faith to exist. Yes. It is not doubt that your enemy is fear. Fear failure. I've heard it said that courage is like a teabag. You never know the strength until they're in hot water. So you might talk a big talk. I'm a bad dude. I'm a, I did this. I did that. And whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. We, that sounds good. But let me see how you act in hot water. <laughs> All the surely temple come out of you. Hot water. That, that's what we need. Huh? I've, had, I've, I've failed. Oh, man. I, you know, and I think about when I, I think about it, I get mad at myself for, for failing, even now. I remember when I got, I got cut from the high school basketball team, and I was good. I was good, I thought I was good. Not, I, and the people that beat me out, I would play them one-on-one and break their ankles. Remember, I'd break, I, would, I would break my ankles and I, I'd win, but I had a problem. See, I, 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 was, I was a Hispanic, not that not the problem, but I was only 5'10 and you can't teach 6'2". <laughs> and so they had a choice between a guy who was 6'2 and not quite as good as me and me. And they taught, they chose 6'2 and I was mad about it. I went home to my mom, why are you so short? It's your fault. Because <laughs> my mom was like 4'11, it's your fault. <laughs> anyway. I felt bad, I got cut from the basketball team. But you, I look at that, and, and then God opened my eyes, no, 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 I because when I got cut from the basketball team, you know what I did? Because I wasn't playing basketball no more, I started a band. And then I, there it was, City Lights. Oh, that's another story, but I started a band. And we would travel around, play music, right? So one failure led to another success. Huh? See, the first time, The first and only time I think about a failure, I got fired. I had gotten saved, I used to work on photocopiers for a lot of years, I don't know, 15 years. I worked on photocopiers, I was a copier repairman, Kodak, Xerox, everything, fix them all. I get saved and they had a teaching on a Saturday um, Victor Outreach. And if you wanted to be a teacher, you had to go to this class, was, you know, it wasn't mandatory, but I was going to be there and I could call my boss it was on a Saturday too. I said, hey, I'm not going to, uh, he wanted me to come I go, no, I can't come in. I got to go here. I'm going to do this. He goes, no, I need you to come in now. I go, hey, wait a minute, dude, it's Saturday. I, my day off, I'm going to go here. He goes, oh, well, you do what you think is right. Hung up. I said, oh, I know it's right. I'm going to Victor Outreach. <laughs> Shoot. I'm going to get fed by the Lord, right? I went to Victor Outreach. I got fed by the Lord on Saturday and got fired by the devil on Monday. Amen. <laughs> I go, man. I got fired. Remember, I had a call. Because and, 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 I had a company car and company truck and com- all this stuff, My, everything. And he said, like, uh, I need you to come in. Oh, you know, I was doing a job. I need you to finish that job. Come in. I came in, he goes, Let me have the keys to your truck. I go what? and I gave him, the, what's the guy doing? Here's the car. He gave me the, I gave him, he t- gave him the keys to the truck and he then he says, You're fired. Pack your stuff and get out of here. Oh. Now I had a walk. <laughs> I go, how am I getting home, man? It's a long way. It's like 30 miles away from home. So I'm sitting on those, on, the, on the street corner with my toolkit. I go, man, Lord, I was just trying to serve you. And I got fired. I felt like a failure. Uh, but then I didn't know that the guy who introduced me to this, this trade had started his own business. he go, hey, man, I heard you're not working. Come work with me. Mm-hmm. Not only can you work on it, you can help me sell. It was a whole, the failure led to a, 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 another opportunity. The, the, the only thing I did was keep my head up. Amen, amen, amen? See, failure is not the problem. No, no, no. It's how you handle failure that counts. How did you fail? At age 22, this man failed in business. At age 23, he ran for the legislature and was was defeated. At age 24, he began and failed in business for the second time. But at 25, he was elected to the state legislature. At 26, his fiancee died. At 27, he had a nervous breakdown and Went in the hospital. At 28, he was defeated for Speaker of the House. At 31, he was defeated for State Elector. At 34, he was defeated for Congress. But at 37, he was elected to Congress. At 39, he was defeated again at Congress. At 46, he was defeated for the Senate. At 47, he was defeated for vice president. At 49, he was defeated again for the Senate. But at 51, he was elected president of the United States. At 55, he ended slavery. Abraham Lincoln. How do you fail? How do you fail? See, the key to failure is moving forward. And why am I talking about that? Because you have to move forward. We're, we're having the old man. And the old man for many of us, maybe not all of you, some of you may have never broken a dish, you've been successful, did everything right. But for the rest of us, we have a lot of stuff. We've got to unpack unpackage. We've got to get rid of yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're having this old man barrel so we can dump those things in that garbage can. Yeah. and put them in the sea of forgetfulness. Because listen, the world might tell you you're a failure. The devil might try to whisper in your ear that you're a failure. But God says, no, you're not. You're not a failure. Of all men, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest evangelists ever to live, tells his people, Behold, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, he says, One thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. Huh? Imagine his failure. He made a fool of himself. He would talk so much, neck. Uh, both sides of his neck he would get people so angry when he was trying to share the love of god he got people so angry that they conspired to murder him and they had to sneak him out of jerusalem ha- lower him over the wall in a basket because if they hadn't did it that night they were going to kill him failure he goes to load bar in the southern part of Saudi arabia stays there for 14 years and all he had to do was learn one thing shut up <laughs> You talk too much. You don't know how to use your tongue to edify. You're just killing people. Mm-hmm. God had to put them aside for 14 years. Imagine being 14 years left alone of failure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, listen, sometimes God uses failure just to make you perfect. Come on. Praise God. Amen. let all right. Hmm? all pray. Right. Look, we need rain in our life. That's right. See, a little rain in your life is good for you. Because if you don't have no rain, what you become is a desert. The apostle Paul, not only that, he killed and imprisoned Christians. Imagine the headships he had. But he said, I forget and I press on. There's two reasons why people want to remain the same and choose to live in failure. Right? There's two reasons. Philippians 13, 19, Paul is writing to the Philippian church and he says this about some people. He says, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame, their mind is on earthly things. Philippians 3, 19. So the reason that most people want to remain, or maybe they don't want to remain, but they choose to remain in failure, is why, clearly stated here, their God is their stomach. Imagine that. Now, when he says stomach, he's not talking about your natural stomach, because some of you would have very large gods, and others you would have very small gods. <laughs> My wife said, don't say that, I'm sorry. But it a joke. Your God is your stomach. What is he saying? That word stomach comes from the word koilia. It means the gullet or to be given up to pleasures of the palate. Another word we could say, gluttony. Another definition of that word, koalia, is the innermost part of man. So your God is the innermost part of you. Your God is, is the soul. The heart is as a seat of thought, your feeling and choice. So your God is your thought, yourself, your feelings, your choice, your, your desires, what tastes good to you. And because that's your God, you'd rather keep eating the vial that you're in than to forget it. Forget it. Move forward. It's, it's like the, the, the woman that's always abused, and they don't leave the brother. Huh? Because there's somewhere, their pleasure was met in their stomach. And rather than focusing on God, their stomach keeps them in pain. Their pleasure. Their pleasure. What's your appetite? What do you like putting in your belly? When I say belly, again, what, what pleases you? Huh? Isaac Brothers, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you. Right? What's your thing? What what, what turns you on? Whatever turns you on, that'll keep you there. That's why people don't want to leave their present or forget their past. They stay right where they're at, and they never excel in their future because their stomach got them stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm? He says there, I urge you. In Romans chapter 16, I urge you, brethren, not those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned. Avoid them. Uh-oh, what's going on here? We're good? He says, avoid them. Why? And in verse 18, Romans 16, 18, for those who, who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple hum their own belly and everybody has an appetite and we all try to fill it why else is there perversions why else why else is there a liquor store why else is there anything that tickles your fancy. Why? Because there are a lot of people out there that like it. I like it. huh? Proverbs thirteen twenty five reads, The righteous eat to the satisfying of the soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. Huh? What do you want? We want earthly things. And when you go after anything that's on earth, listen, if it doesn't have God as roof, I don't care what you go after. There's no satisfaction there. Go after it. I don't care how many toys you get. You can get all the toys in the world. That's not going to satisfy you. You're going have get your new house. It's not going to satisfy you. It'll feel good when you walk in. You go, ooh, I felt good. And that's okay. It's a good feeling. But it will not satisfy you. It's like buying that brand new car. Oh, it smells good. It's real good. Until you got to pay that monthly, every month. And all of a sudden, that smell done faded away. And it smells like Taco Bell. Right? That's, that The shine. The, the left. Why? Right? Because all full of... Pigeon love. Uh, It ain't going to satisfy you. No, no. See, but when you, with the things of God, there's satisfaction. When you begin to align your life with with your creator and whatever God has called you to do at your job, at your school, wherever it's at, we don't know. You and God will have to figure that out. But wherever you're at, when you find your satisfaction and whatever God has for you, you will be satisfied. What did Jesus tell the lady at the well? I have water that when you drink, you will never thirst again. But that water, you just keep getting thirsty and thirsty. And you're going to want more and more. The second thing is their mind is on earthly things. Their stomach and then their mind. Uh, Setting your mind on earthly things destroys intimacy with God. In fact, God says to be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. Huh? To the pool of the world will make you compromise. Come on now. That's right, that's right. Especially with those smartphones. A computer, a high-powered computer in your hand. Now, computers are really a good thing if you use them for good. But those computers, if you're off-kilter a little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Some of you we need to take your phone away from you. Because your stomach has gone wild. Huh? I mean your soul, your so you're, you're, your stomach's so wild, you don't want just one phone, you're like what two phones and, and twelve Facebooks, so no one finds you. Let's move on. See failure again is only failure if you look to this world for satisfaction. The cure. The cure. To our ailment is what we remember. See, so we need to have spiritual amnesia. We have to have amnesia to our failure. If you're going to start today fresh, if you're going to start today fresh, we need to have amnesia of what we've done while we remember how God has changed you. While we remember what God has told you He wants to do for you. Huh? Because no one is immune to... Distress stress for failure, right? Nobody, if you haven't bumped your head, hang in there, it's coming. If you haven't fallen down, scrape your knee, be cool, it'll get to you. This is life, life, life is just brutal, it's cold and calculated. Sometimes life comes in, and it just hits, amen? amen. It just life just comes in, so that's part of life. So what the best we can do, the only thing we can do is learn how to fail. Because you're going to fail. An emotionally disturbed man went to see a, see a noted psychiatrist. He confessed he was frustrated, desperate, depressed. The, the psychiatrist began to probe. Finally, after lengthy consultation, the psychiatrist remembered that there was a circus in town. He recommended the troubled man go see the circus clown. Go in there and watch him. The, the psychiatrist said, the clown, he'll go around. He'll make you laugh. He'll make you feel better. But the, the disturbed man blurted out, but doctor, I am that clown. <laughs> well, we're all subject. Cheers of the clown. Even Smokey Robinson knows that one. Huh? Got your take? hello, somebody. See, God gives us selective memory. There are certain things we should not forget. But there are certain things we need to forget. Hebrews 6.10 reads like this, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Hebrews 13.16 reads, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased. God wants us to know that he remembers. So we must never forget this. And this helps me. I never forget where God has brought me out of. Some people forget that. What's wrong with you? They act like they never did nothing wrong. Wait a minute. Don't you know where you came from? Don't you know how God delivered you? Don't you know how God saved you? Don't you know how God set you free? do Do you remember? Did you forget? And some people come to God and they get all cleaned up and they're all blessed and they forget all about God until they're drowning. Oh God, if you save me, I'll do this, and then what happens? They see land. Wait a minute, there's land. See, the Bible's three-dimensional. It's it's actually a three-dimensional mirror. The Bible's so heavy, it's a heavy book. See, the Bible, it repeats who we once were. When you look at the Bible, don't you see yourself often? Like, man, ooh, wow. It's like he's talking about you. It, It repeats. It actually can take you back into your lifetime, into your past, and and you'll look at it and it'll repeat what you are. Whoa. You see it. It also reflects who we are. Right at the moment, you look at that and you go, ah! Whoa, that's me. That's me right now. Even now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you and you think, I read your mail. I didn't read your mail. (laughs) That's the Bible. It it, it reflects who you are right now. And the third thing it does, it reveals who we will be. It's a a three-dimensional mirror. Go ahead, give the Lord a hand of praise. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it'll take you to where you don't want to remember. But the Bible will never leave you there. It'll show you how far you come from that. But it also, you may have come a long way, but you ain't that good. You know, some people think, well, Pastor, you know, I ain't smoking weed no more and, and I ain't chasing the skirts no more. Being normal doesn't give you credit. Yeah, that's right. You don't get credit for being normal. You were an idiot. Now you're not. Now let's start from ground zero and work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? It gets you from where you were. Where? It tells you where you're at. Come on. Then it says, okay, now, put on Christ. Put on humility. Do this. Why? Because I want to show you where I'm going to take you. Now, if your stomach is well fed, it will never go this way. It will stay. And it will regress. We call that backsliding. Right? No, no. So we must always look in the mirror to remind us. After being reminded, we have to act. Unfortunately. Many choose to forget what the mirror told them. James had that problem when he's writing to all the 12 tribes of Israel. He's writing to them all, and he tells them look, when you read the word, don't just listen to the word or when you hear preaching and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Don't just look at it and and, and kid yourself. Oh, I go to church. I go to Victoria's. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, no, no. No, that means nothing. Read the word. See what God can tell you. Now do something with it. Because anyone who lives in the world but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So we must forget our failures. We must remember what God has done for us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. See, we have to apprehend what God has promised to. If we're going to get rid of the old man, how many, how many are going to get rid of the old man? Yeah. The old woman? Now, my wife drew this. She cracks me up. looks like one of my homeboys from Dakota, Right? And my homegirl from Dakota. They look like that. Right? And represent the old man. And some of you have things you want to put in there, but we, have, we put pins up here. I'm going to make an altar call. And there's things that are holding you back that you're still remembering, that are hurting you, causing you to treat people bad that you shouldn't treat and they had nothing to do with your problem. Somebody else hurt you, but you, you're making sure that nobody else will hurt me again. Are you one of them coming to hurt me? And then your, your past is killing your present, and it'll destroy your future. So whatever your ailment is, I don't know what it is. You need to come up here and you need to write it down. And throw it in this garbage can. As a sign, as an act, as a point of reference where God is going to begin to change you. Make you better. Make you better than you've ever been. Yes. Does anybody want to be better? Yes. I know I want to be better. Yes. See, God hasn't forgot what he promised you. In 2 Peter 3:8, as I'm coming around for landing, it says. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Hmm? He works, and that's why we have to work at our own salvation, and not look at this one or that one. And because and, that's what happens, God is working in you. And rather than you t- paying attention to you, you're, you're saying, "Well, what about him, God? You're dealing with me. How come you don't deal with her? How come them? How come they can do that?" And I, don't worry about them. Amen. God is patient with all of us, according to who, how He's dealing with us. Amen. The way He deals with me is not how He's going to deal with you. So don't look at how he's dealing with me. You've got to just focus on the Lord and let God deal with you. If you have, Like I've always said, if you have enough time to look around and see how God is dealing with everybody else, you're not spending enough time looking at yourself. Come on. Come on. Come on. Those people who spend time looking at themselves have no time to look at other people. So we have to look at ourselves. God, help us. Help me. Change me. Mold me. God hasn't forgotten what he promised you. And you must not forget. And don't get impatient. Be patient, right? Because if you get, you get impatient, you'll forget. Or you'll say, maybe, maybe you forgot me. Remember when I said, uh, said earlier, have you ever felt like, God, are you here? Have you forgot me? Anybody felt like that? That's right. I, I, be, I go through it all the time because I'm out here and doing what I got to do, trying to preach the gospel. And I didn't realize that God, you know, uh, or should I say like this, I almost forgot that God was paying attention to me. Mm -hmm. Then he sends me to California and reminds me, I've been watching you all along. These things you needed to go through, even the failure. I was talking to a brother and I said, everything that I went through was needed. Good, bad, and the ugly. Everything in my life. Just to get me here in front of you today. Everything. Everything, so I don't, I don't get upset because I remember to take hold of the promise. That's why Paul says, "Not that I've already obtained all this, not that I've been made perfect, but I press on. I want to take hold for which Christ has taken hold of me. I want to take hold." He says in Philippians three twelve, "Take hold!" Come on now, I want to take hold. Another, you know, another word for taking hold in, in the King James he says that I might apprehend, huh? that I may be apprehended. Now, has anybody ever been apprehended? Come on now. You know not I'm talking about, apprehended? Want me to demonstrate? Come on now. Anybody been there? Hands up on the car. Okay. See, for Paul is saying that I'm may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended. See, Jesus Christ, huh, booked him. He did. Jesus Christ booked Paul. huh? See, what can happen if you get apprehended? Then let's get out, Let's get over here out of the Bible. If you get apprehended, what happens to you? Well, in case you don't know, let me let you in. You might go to jail. Anybody here? Don't raise your hand. Oh, he's <laughs> but if you've gone to jail And you keep getting apprehended Then you might even, Well let me let you know something If you become a prisoner Then you're in good company Because Paul says in Ephesians 3 one, For this cause I Paul the prisoner Of Jesus Christ For you Gentiles See he, the Bible says and Paul said, look I've been apprehended Jesus Put me in jail I have become a prisoner yeah. Ephesians 4 2 Paul is still writing he says I therefore the prisoner of the Lord huh the prisoner and Philemon 1 1 Paul says a prisoner of Jesus Christ hmm? so it's not just so much that we forget the past no that's not uh, this is not a psychotherapy session Sorry, Sam. Well, I'm not trying to give you any kind of uh, 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 that kind of therapy. No, no, no. no. This is how it doesn't do with therapy. This is talking about when you forget the past, you can't leave a void. The Bible, oh, the Bible of science says that nature abhors a void. In other words, if I have a, a, a big old garbage can full of water, right, and in that water I have a, a bucket right, turned upside down, right? In that bucket, once I remove that bucket, that space that that bucket took up, right? Say if it's a, made, say it's a bottle like what she got. Let me see that right there. Oh, you got a heavy-duty one right here, man. You're really thirsty. <laughs> but if this was full of water, and I drop this thing in there, right, this thing would make a hole in that water, right? In other words, the water would wrap around it. There would be, other than that one, but that, let's pretend that's not there. There would be no water in that bucket, right? In this the thing, if I wanted it like that. Everywhere else, there'd be water. Nature abhors a vacuum, a void. Once I pull this up, what happens to the hole that was in there? It gets full. It fills itself with water because nature can't handle a void. See, that's the same with us. You cannot just forget. That thing that created you. On. Once you forget, you have to fill it with something. Because if you forget and don't fill it, you'll have a void. Believe me, something will jump in. Yes. Come on now. Yeah. Reach. Yeah. And that's what happens. We forget, oh God, thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. And you forget what God did. And he gets rid of your void. And all of a sudden, you're not following God. You're not looking after Jesus. You're not trying to find the, the maker. Something else fills it. Yes. Why, why do you see that 90% of all cult members are former Christians why because they may have forgotten their past but they didn't fill it with Jesus it had a void and they were ripe for the picking so you just can't forget you got to feel it Paul says I forget and I look forward to take hold of Jesus the high calling in Christ Jesus if you don't fill it, the world or worse, the devil will fill it for you. Well, mm-hmm. hmm. man, I was a good preacher. I'm going to give myself a high five. <laughs> so my question, has Jesus apprehended you? Huh. As you walk with the Lord in, in ministry, your calling will be revealed. Once you see it, once God chooses you, you need to go after it. Yes. You need to go after it with all your heart, soul, and mind. Don't fake it. Don't, don't nick knack, patty whack give a dog a bone. No, no, no. Don't play the hokey-bokey. I got one foot in. I got one foot out. No, no. You want to jump all the way in the middle of the pool. You want to get soaked like the baptism. That's what baptism re- represents. You want to get dunk. Completely everything. Don't even let your fingers stick out. Push that finger down. Oh, that big fat toe. Put that toe down. Get completely saturated. And go after your call. Because if you don't, something is going to go after you. Oh, yes. I've seen it. Oh. See, until you know your specific call. Because you're not going to know that's my job to help you along that road. Yeah. But what you can do until that happens is get to know Jesus. Yeah. Study him. Yeah. Learn his life. Learn his way. Then if you don't, Jesus, you, there's so much more. Not just the life of Jesus. What about the life of Moses? The life of David? The life of Samuel? The prophet? Amos? Right? All of Get to know all those people. All your older brothers in the Lord. Yeah. Get to know them. And then God will begin to reveal His call to you. He'll begin to show you. Huh? 32 years later. I get to say that that's my pastor. Who's going to take me under his wing. I didn't know that was going to happen. Nope. Nope. I just wanted to serve God. Really, people say, how are you going? I, I, I'm just trying to stay saved like everybody else. I'm just trying to be obedient, try not to sin. And along the way, they're calling me pastor. Along the way, they're asking for my advice. But I'm no different. I'm trying to fight the good fight of faith. I'm, starting, I'm trying to make remain true to my God, to my wife, to my family, to my church. It's not that complicated. What keeps me going I, is I forget the failures. and I feel it with pressing towards my call. If I didn't have a future in Christ. If all I had was my failure, of most men, I would be miserable. So I feel it with my call. That's why I'm compelled to go to the Philippines. It's part of my call. It actually eases the pain of my failure. God allows me to go and share His love with people I would never otherwise meet. Philippians 3.10. These are the preceding scriptures to the to Philippians twelve, where I press on. You got it, because we want to press on. But notice what he says. Paul's oh, a trip. He says, "I want to know Christ," and everybody says, "How many want to know Christ?" Amen. And we all want to know Christ. And I just said that, right? And look at he says, "I want to know Christ," and it says there's three ways to get to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him unto death, he says, in verse 11. And so, somehow, to obtain the resurrection from the dead. So we want to get to know Christ. And Paul is writing to the church. You can look. If you want to get to know, do you want that power? And I don't want that power. Well, then you got to get to know the fellowship and suffering. Well, how do I get to know that? Sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to suffer. Sometimes it's going to hurt, but it's in that hurt. I don't care where you're at, where you hurt, where you failed. It's in that hurt you can most relate with Jesus because Jesus was rejected by those he loved. Jesus was beaten by those he came for. How do you think the pain he felt? And we'll never experience that type of pain, but our pain, if we have the right attitude, allows us to say, Man, God, they did you worse. They did you worse. I think I can make it. I think I can go on. The fellowship of his suffering, that I might obtain the resurrection from the dead. Then he says, not that I have already obtained or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Say, say, press on. Press on. Come on, tell your neighbor, Press on. Press on. Press on and take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, remember, all you gotta do is one thing. One thing I do. <laughs> I forget what is behind, and I strain toward. I strain forward. I strain forward to what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on, I forget, and I press on. Therefore if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away, all things have become new. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. As every head is bowed, every eye closed. We're going to make a special altar call here. The old man Beryl. I would ask that you take this to heart. Whatever you're struggling with, you know it by name. You may even know the person by name. But whatever you're struggling with, I want you to come here and write it on this piece of paper. And after you write it on that piece of paper, I want you to just stay here at the altar that I might pray for you. So we're going to sing this song. And if you have something, maybe you have an item. That you're gonna throw on the barrel. You can do that too. Only you know what it is. You don't have to put your name on it. God knows who's writing it. But I really believe if you do that, and we believe together, that God's gonna set you free. God's gonna break the bondages that are, have been on your life. So as we sing this song, I want you to come forward and feel on a slip. Doesn't have to be long or be Anything you want. Fill it out. Put it in that barrel. Now I'm gonna pray for you. Go ahead.